Good morning, everyone. I fair warned you that I was teaching and you still came back, so that's on you now. Uh, we're in a five-week series talking about elders again. Uh, Doug Rice kicked it off, I believe. Um, who was next? Dan Wall, Steve Brookman. Last week was Phil Wood. Then I'll finish it up. Next week, I believe there is no class. I believe, I, I think they're talking about a brunch, but we'll have to find out if that how that goes. We never know in today's times. My wife and I are always talking about everything beyond today is just maybe. Because we all talk about that, and we all want it to be more, but we have a vacation planned for November, and we're like, maybe. We'll just have to see. We'll find out. All right, so again, I'm going to talk about the fifth lesson of elders. I'm a big fan of the famous Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm sure most of you are as well, and you've had parts of your life where you've really leaned heavily on these verses. A time for everything. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And yes, a time to dance. You don't want to see it, but you know. <laughs> a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, and a time to give up. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to mend. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. These verses seem very fitting, as heritage has gone through a lot of different times. We're talking about a new time now for heritage. So Tammy and I, recently, we've been talking about kind of those years gone by. Back when we were young and in love, and really that's about all we had, because that's all we really could do. Whoops. Boy, it is. This is a picture of us. We were in California, I believe, our 15th wedding anniversary. Monique was maybe a year old, a couple months old, something like that, Tammy. Yeah. She's been there. 10th anniversary. It was 10. Wow, I might have just failed miserably right in front of everybody. Yeah, you remember. That was our 10th wedding anniversary. Everybody remembers that. I guess we've been talking about this because our daughter is kind of getting one of those times of life changes. She's about to graduate college in November. Yay. This is a time we really had no idea what our future was. I mean, we were still struggling. We were nowhere close where we are now. We were different jobs. I think of those times about they were simpler. I didn't carry an iPhone with me. Man, that was a great thing. We didn't really worry about car and mortgage too much, but well, we really couldn't afford either of those. Going out, Chili's was a really big evening out. Right? White tablecloth, forget that. That was for other people. We were doing well. Taco Bell sometimes was a big night out for us. I mean, that's just where we were. It was a different time. It was a much simpler time, but somehow we kept our, our, our focus, we kept our course, stayed faithful to each other, we had some fun along the way, and we had faith in a father who knows all and sees all. 
as we start talking about heritage, having their own elders, it always makes me reflect on past times. Who remembers when we started meeting on Wednesday nights? Who remembers when we moved to Sunday morning at Summit? A big step was hiring Travis and Laura. Then you start thinking of all the other things that have happened in this history of heritage. Youth group, children's ministry, the actual move here. Wednesday nights at the hotel. I remember that was a huge discussion. What to do on Wednesday nights. And we really had the conversation of, well, if heritage is truly going to be on their own, then they have to take a step and they have to be on their own on Wednesday nights. COVID, that is part of the timeline. Online services. You remember the time we did two services at the hotel? Taking your own database. Easter parking lot, 2020. That was a huge step. And that was being quite rebellious. Because nobody was really meeting. It was all online at that point. Manage your own giving. giving. Meeting in the gym. We've had Building Fund 1.0. Now we've had Building Fund 2.0. You've noticed I've corrected your hat. She had just this really bad hat on, so I had to correct it. No, that, this is a much better hat. Now Herod is on its path to its own eldership. I hope all of you are also take great pride in that. <clears throat> My voice has been going all morning, so I do apologize. One important part of that path is to have defined leadership. It's biblical to appoint elders, as Paul instructs in Titus 1, and that is where I want to encourage you to really think about why you're doing eldership, why you're having a defined leadership, and to go beyond elder qualifications. That's typically when we talk about elders, we, get to, we stop there. We never really seem to go past that. And there's nothing wrong with qualifications. Absolutely, they're biblical, they're, they're given to us. You guys might be looking for that later. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's typically where the conversation ends. And I want to do a little different look at it. So again, nothing wrong with qualifications, and they're going to be kind of taken in part of this. There we go. So appointing elders should be more than just a checklist. It should be more than, hey, do you believe in acapella music? Because that's a big thing. We've got to make sure of that. It's got to be more than just that. This is not a job interview for somebody. This is just not saying who's the most qualified. This is really finding out who is qualified. This is finding out who is going to lead. The congregation has grown and developed at an amazing rate and continues to do so. During the pandemic, there were churches that shuttered up, that did not survive. Yet this church not only thrived while being new, which was a disaster. I mean, that, this was absolutely a disaster for us to be brand new and then be told you can't meet. Instead, families were drawn here. I'm looking at nice now. There's some of you that came during this time, that came during a pandemic. You joined a church you had never met. That is amazing. The congregation has grown and developed at an amazing rate, as I said. So how do you keep this momentum? And how do you stay grounded in an unwavering faith? 
But that's a challenge. You go from small and you get bigger and bigger and bigger. How do you stay true to those core values? How do you stay true that this is what the church is about? The more people, the more opinions. The more people want to say, no, well, we should do this. No, we should do that. And that is the challenge. So having defined leadership will be huge to say, this is what the church is about. As I said, the more people come in, the more opinions you're going to have on that. So appointing the right man will be a huge step. So let's start again with the basic question of why. Okay, I'm sorry. Acts 14, I jumped ahead. They, Paul and Barnabas, preached the gospel in the city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lysteria, Lystra, I always struggle with these names, Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraged them to remain true to the faith. Just because you're an elder doesn't mean you can pronounce Old Testament names. I promise you that. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Titus 1, Paul to Titus. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So keep in mind, this is not just something heritage is going to do because this is what other churches of Christ do. You're going to appoint elders because it's biblical. It's what God gave the instructions to do. But so many times as a congregation, we look around, what's everybody else doing? What's our church plant Memorial Road? What did they do? And yes, we often want to look at that, but it's a successful congregation. What is Edmund doing? What is New Hope? You want to look around and ask. But again, we're doing this because the Bible, the Bible. Have you ever heard me talk about why I love the Church of Christ? It's because of this. Because every time I ask somebody, hey, Luke, what do you think about this? And Luke's, you know what he's going to do? He's going to grab his Bible and say, hey, here's what I think about it. And I love that. Hey, Alan, what do you think about this subject? And he says, I oh, know, let's talk about it, Chris. Let's grab the Bible. And let's see what the Bible says about it. The Bible says there should be elders. Then we get into the question of, that thing is touching. You're not kidding. How many? I've looked, and there are many people much smarter than me, Travis. I cannot say enough how many times I stand in front of a group going, there is no way I'm the guy that should be up here. When I was first asked to be an elder, I, I looked and I go, all right, I'm being punked, right? There's no way you want me to be an elder, right? I haven't found it. How many elders? The only thing I can concretely say, my wife and had this conversation the other day when she was asking, we talked about this obviously at times, and she goes, well, how many elders do you think we're going to have? I don't know. The only thing I can find is that it is definitely plural. It's more than one. That's the only thing I have found. So how many? That's a really good question. We're going to have to come up with a model for heritage. What works for heritage? Again, what I'm familiar with, Memorial Road, we do one per class. We try to aim for that. That's we do a class-based. So what is Heritage going to do? We have to talk about that and try to figure that out. Some will be how many people get put forward. So there's a lot of things we're going to have to try to figure that out. 
But again, I found multiple times elders are mentioned, and it's always in a plural sense. So that I can say. Now the sticky subject for me. This to me is probably the most sticky thing I'm going to talk about today. The society wants what it wants. We all have different opinions and thoughts on different things. And there's so much going on out there in society. Spend any time on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, spend time there. Who has had to snooze somebody that you thought was just a great friend of yours that I just, I can't take what's coming in from them? People I grew up with in high school, people I go to church with, can I say that? We have different opinions. Put any group of sports fans together and ask, LeBron or Michael, who's the GOAT? Well, it's obviously Michael, we know that, but you know. <laughs> the DH, you want to bring up a subject there? Oh, what else did I have? Let me see. Transfer portal. I am not a fan. I know it's supposed to be better for the athlete, but I don't get it. You signed up to go to that school, you went to that school, but yet at the whim, you're gone. I'm watching football yesterday, because that's what I do on Saturdays. I watch football. I can't tell how many times, well, this quarterback was at Auburn last week. This is a transfer from Cincinnati. I got tired of hearing it. So you put any sports group together, and you're going to have a debate. And then you think about loyalty. What is that? I think of my father-in-law, who worked for one company, one project, his entire work time. One. On average, what was the average I looked up? Let me see. On average, 12. On average, you will work for 12 different people. You have 12 different jobs. According to the 2019 Bureau of Labor Statistics. I'm trying to think through my jobs. I'm probably seven or eight. I'm, I'm getting there. Again, about every three years, if you're not being promoted or moved on, they say you got passed by, right? And it's all about me. It's what am I getting out of this? And this also bleeds into the church. Have no doubt about it. Songs. You sung that song way too high. Man, I'm glad you brought that down. I couldn't go with you. But we, all, we were all thinking it. And luckily, you, were, you immediately said, no, this is too high. No, we can't do this. And then somebody's going to play, why do you even do that song? Well, who does 23B or what should 23, which is really 728B? Why would you sing that? That's old school. My grandparents sang that. Why would you even bring that up, right? And Travis, you know, I, every time there's a hundred different opinions on how you did every morning, and you know that. And that's the challenge. Should we clap at a song? Is that biblical? I don't know. <laughs> bring up the women's role in the church. You want to start a debate? doesn't matter what it is, it bleeds into the church also. There is debates and there's discussions. One of the things that I was really thrilled about is early on, Heritage made, I don't know if it's an overt statement, but we made a statement that we wanted to be welcoming, absolutely. We want to welcome all. But what we don't want to be is the home for the wayward people because they were upset at the last place or they had challenges at the last place and they want to come and fix it here and they want to make sure Heritage does it right. But you try to be careful with that. 
Again, we want to be welcoming, absolutely. All are welcomed. But you don't want to have people who come here only to control it and turn it into their church. And there are people out there that are going to be that way. And that's why you have to have some defined leadership. Flexibility. How many times, even today, we talked about it. Every week, we talk about the flexibility. It is the mantra of this Church of Christ. It has to be. At 8.30, my phone rings last Sunday, and Travis says, uh-oh, we got a small problem. We're flexible. Things happen. We have to be flexible. Edmond Public Schools has put in a mask mandate now, starting on Tuesday. We're going to have to be flexible what we do going forward. That is what this church is about. We have to be flexible. The same will go for the upcoming elders. These will not be perfect men. Let me assure you that. And not all their decisions will be ones that you agree with. Can we be frank about that? You are not going to agree with everything that is said or done. And that's a challenge in today's society. But let me tell you this. These are my elders. I am fortunate to be an elder. I was asked. And when we have meetings at Memorial Road, we have healthy debates. We have times where they have made decisions that wasn't my decision. But I walk out of that room and I wholeheartedly support that. You would have thought it was my idea. That's how much I will support it. Why? Because these are my elders. A decision was made. Eldership made a decision. And I support it. That's going to be tough. I am asking this congregation to also remember this and to support the elders fully, even, even when your decision, when the decision was that your opinion was not honored. Now, I'm not talking biblical things. I'm not talking that, you know, Travis brings up a piano next week. Or there's something biblical that you're just dead set against. I'm not saying that. But don't let the gray matter swallow up the congregation. I think it was only on, online you wanted to do the band. I think we stopped that pretty quickly. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that the work be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to change. And you're going to have defined leadership. And that's my encouragement. People ask sometimes about the eldership on Memorial Road, and we have one word that we use all the time, unity. And we try and we try and we try to live that. And I think it is such a great word for a church, unity. Because we, my wife and I, were in a congregation that was not unified, and it was obvious. It was obvious the eldership wasn't on the same page. It was obvious in so many ways. And it was tough. And that congregation is barely hanging on all these years later. I mean, truly, barely hanging on. 
fact, I know people have made offers on the building that they're in right now. Unity and diversity in the body. Remember that. We are a body. The eye should say to the ear, the hand, the foot. We all play different roles. I can't sing real well. Anybody who's been around me knows that. Alan, thank you. I appreciate the fact, even though I'm giving you a hard time, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to stand up here and do that. I would be terrified to do that. There are things that I think I can do okay. I wouldn't say great. There's some things I think I can do okay. But there are things that I know other people in the congregation can do better. And I'm thrilled to be part of a, of a body to where everyone can work together and do these things. That is such a blessing. So here's the question. What do elders do? That's a really good question. Elders hold an important role because they are the overseers of the souls of those in the church. That, to me, is what I try to take it down to. If you ask me what I think an elder does, that's where I land. <clears throat> I am so sorry about that. Want to know how important the role of an elder is? What if we ask a president of the United States how important the role is? Our 20th president, from my research I can find, was Church of Christ. This is his quote. I resign the highest office in the land to become president of the United States. He was an elder and he resigned being an elder when he was elected to be president of the United States. That, to me, I think, is the importance of being an elder. The importance that needs to be put to this when you think about who are going to be your elders. How powerful this is, that they are there to oversee your soul. I get emotional every time someone gets baptized. I just get emotional about it. My wife told me to be careful of the pen, and I still dropped it. There's one. Always listen to your wife. I just get so emotional because when I see someone get baptized and give their life, it is such a powerful thing. I like to think, okay, let's score one. We got one there. All right. That person is going to heaven. That person gets it. They believe in Jesus. That me is what the game is all about. I shouldn't say game. That's a bad phrase. That is what now somebody help me out. What else should I say? The, that's what life's about. How about that? Life? That's what life's about. How do we make sure everyone has the opportunity to hear the word, know the word, and believe? And not get caught up in all that other stuff. The work of the elders. Elders are not just a position appointed. I have some honorary positions I've been given. And it's neat. Hey, Aaron, it's an honorary position. Don't actually do anything. It's just an honorary thing. That's not what an elder is. I often tell people I get so much more nervous when I'm up here and I'm preaching or teaching a class. 
And I'm not saying anything. I'm not taking anything against about away from my work. This is how I make my living. This is how I provide for my family. And I don't want to take anything away from that. But I will be so much more nervous. And I'll be so much more anxious and worried. I've spent three to four weeks on this lesson. Because when, when you do something up here, when you're talking about God's word, that's important. That's eternal. That's what it's about. The other time, I'm just selling burgers and tots. Nothing wrong with that. Eat as many burgers and tots as you can. Please do. <laughs> but again, this is huge. This is the really important stuff. And yeah, I get way more nervous about this. And I'll spend time, and I, I do, I get deep into things. And I'll follow a rabbit down a hole on something on a lesson. I do the same thing, Travis, and I get stuck on something. I got stuck in the president quote. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this president believed in something different? Or what if he was said, did something? I, I started reaching all about James Garfield. I'm like, what if he, oh, what if he was on the wrong side of something? And I was really worried about putting that quote up there. And I, I sent it to Travis, I sent it to Josh, and I sent a couple of different people. I go, am I okay to use this quote? I'm really nervous about this. In today's time, saying anything about a president makes me nervous. But again, I should be nervous. Because I'm going to get up in front, and I'm going to talk about faith. I'm going to talk about, hey, let's make sure we all get to heaven. That's big. Part of being an elder is also knowing God's word and being able to have discussions and decisions based on what the Bible says, based on what the Bible says. We all see things are changing in society. Our kids have it a challenge right now. I think back to our lives, and I think about some, I see some more mature Christians here in the lives. Things that weren't even a discussion when you were kids. You're like going, well, how is that even a discussion? How do we have these conversations on things today? Things that we are bedrock in. But you've got to be able to have discussions, but you've got to also know where you stand. But do it in a loving way. There's so many challenges to that. We believe in what the Bible says. We want to be welcoming. But how do we do that? An elder has to be able to walk that line. They are overseers of your soul. They are, they are to be examples, actively working on their faith and overseeing the souls of those under them. The authority is not to make doctrine. Oops, I skipped one, didn't I? No, I did. Not to make doctrine, but rather direct the congregation in the doctrine that is already prescribed. So that's huge. Remember that. We're not here to rewrite the Bible. And I've been in some conversation where we have a, we'll take a verse and we really try to interpret what's it saying. Because a member's brought up or there's been a conversation from a minister's brought up and we've had these conversations about, well, someone's challenging us on this. So let's really take a deep, deep dive. Sometimes I get lost. We get into Latin and stuff you're probably really familiar with. And we get into Greek and all these other things. And really, what was the original context of it? And we really try to make sure that we're doing it correctly. Titus 1.9, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. I believe this next verse will weigh heavily on the elders selected. 
Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. So again, huge. We've got to make sure the word gets out to everybody. They're to feed the church and edify the church. Acts 20, 28. Keep watch over yourselves, all the flock, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. They are to be examples, not lording it over those trusted to you, but being examples to the flock. It's challenging when you're going to be an elder, whoever you will be. And this was told to me, and this was told to my family, and I had to have this conversation with my daughter, is that you're no longer just attending the church. You are now an elder of the church. We talk about preacher's kids. I, mean, I keep picking on Travis some more. We talk about the preacher's kids. These are kids that everybody knows who they are. I remember talking to Phil Brookman when he became the preaching minister there. He was very concerned about his two daughters because they would never be looked at the same. And that's a challenge. And the people that will be selected as elders have to remember that, that they are to be active examples in all that they do, and that you must be willing to bear that. Now, you can't be unfair about it, and that's what we as a congregation have to realize that too. Kids will be kids. There's nothing wrong with that. My daughter made plenty of mistakes between the time I became an elder and now, and she will continue to make those. I have made many mistakes between that time. But they must be examples to the flock. These men seek to lead people into a deeper relationship with Jesus through prayer, service, and relationships. This last part is something that's not always talked about. I've mentioned my wife a few times here. I've mentioned Travis and Laura. I look through it, I see so many different couples out here. Have no doubt about this. Have no doubt. We talk about the men about to be selected as elders. It's a couple. I don't want you to ever think that I'm naive enough to think that it's not that. I write heavily on this, on Tammy. I was doing a five-minute Devo at Memorial Road on Wednesday night, and I said to my wife, I go, would you view this? I respect her that much. I said, hey, would you look at this for me? To make sure I'm really not stepping into something here. I'm not just doing something silly. As I mentioned, if I'm going to have people I look out to and I send things to, I go, would you be willing to look at this for me? I can't bounce everything off Tammy because I can't. There are some things that are told to me that are in confidence, and I, I have to wear that. And I can't tell her things, and that's okay. She respects that. I think I'm speaking for her clearly there, but she respects that. But when I am able to, have no doubt, I bounce things off of her. I need her, and I value her opinion. And I'm confident that Doug does the same thing. I can only imagine the conversation Travis and Laura have about, hey, I'm going to do, preach on this. What do you think? I'm assuming Laura has some say in that, or maybe not say, some conversations. With that smile, I'm going, yes, I think so. The little smirk she gave me there. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a problem. But again, 
have no God as a couple. Uh, 1 Timothy 3.11. In the same way, their wives would be tr- are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. So while I, may, I said I had kind of weave qualifications in here, that is one of those. You do need to look at that. And I do. I look at people and I look at how is their family? How is their relationship? How's their, how are they as a couple? I think that's big. Lastly, when you're looking for an elder, what does it truly mean to be an elder? What does it truly mean? Yes, you're overseeing souls. But you're a servant. That's what being an elder is about. It's not being out in front of everything. It's about being a servant. It's washing feet. It's having difficult conversations sometimes. It's crying when the kid is baptized. One of the highlights of my time at being an elder has nothing to do with what I'm assigned to do. But I, every year, I go to Petty John. It's just what I've done. It's what I do. And it's one of the highlights of my year. I get to go to Petty John. And I get to see kids impacted. I listen to things like that about how you can really impact people. And that's how I serve. In my role as an elder at Memorial Road, I'm over the preschool in the journeyland. I spend a lot of time at a desk checking people in. Doesn't sound very elderly, does it? I'm hoping through that time that I'm making relationships and that these parents will come to know me and that if there's something issue and there's something challenging, they will approach me and then I can be there that I can be supportive of the ministers, the ministry staff there. But what I do day in and day out isn't really elderly. It's just being there, serving. At least I don't think it's what I would classify as, well, this is elderly business here. I just serve. When asked, I say yes. Travis asked me to do something recently, and I had to say no, and it hurt me. It did, and I, I felt bad about it. And Travis was nice enough to say, I understand why you're saying no to that. I don't like to say no. Because time is what I have to offer, and time is what I like to give. But being a servant is what an elder is truly about. Washing feet. I have one other thing. There is a time for everything, as I mentioned at the beginning. And I wholeheartedly support... And I wholeheartedly agree that this is a time for heritage to stand on their own and have their own eldership. So I hope that message came clear from Memorial Road that we absolutely fully support this. And we look forward to working alongside you in years to come and being a fellow congregation with you and watching this church flourish. Acts 6-2 talks about it. Time to move forward with the plan and the time for heritage to have its own eldership. 6-2. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on table. Remember, this is with Stephen being asked to serve. I think it is time. I think it is true that it is time for heritage to do this. And I think it's time for you to be very serious about the thoughts you put into this. 
of how important this really is and the leadership that will be needed to continue for this congregation to thrive in ways that it has. I look forward to watching that, and I look forward to being part of that as much as I can over the next few years, even though I'll get booted out of my order position here. It's been a joy to be here, and it's been a joy for the years, and I really have enjoyed this. I know Tim and I often, we wake up Sunday mornings, are we going north or south? We, sometimes we have to remind ourselves where we're headed, but we've always treasured our time here, and we really look forward to watching this congregation do some amazing things. Thank you for coming this morning, and thank you for listening. 11.45.